Your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD How long this is going to be because when you're you know when you lose two games like this there's not a ton to really um, analyze I mean the first game I, I guess you could say that for the second game against Phoenix was more a game that you can break down that was a lot closer but I don't know it was a very boring couple of games I didn't really enjoy watching this uh you know, middle set on this West Coast trip here, but um, we're gonna try and get through this. You know, make it as quick as possible. I, I say that every time, and we end up going the full hour. And I say that every time. Um, but we'll see. You know, um, it is May eighth, Saturday night, May eighth, as I am recording. About to go to my buddies and watch some MMA. There's a fight, I don't know, it's a Vegas 20-something, Vegas 26 or 25 tonight. Quiet card. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, whenever you whenever you get a quiet card and you, oh, like, I, I follow the UFC on Instagram and I'm new, fairly, so I'm, I'm you know, about a year in, started following it last summer. <laughs> But I know enough now to know who are who the big names are, who the sleeper guys are, who the you know, the up and up the guys who are on the up and ups are. I know enough to you know to hold my own in a conversation now. But it's funny because I always you know so so following the UFC on Instagram, they obviously they post the card every you know they always post the card for every Saturday they'll, they'll, they'll post it and I you know I scroll through the comments because I like to read different opinions but. I swear, I shit you not, every single time that there's a quiet card, there's always that comment saying, this is a sleeper card. Every single time. There's never a bad card to, to certain people. It's like you can never admit that there's a bad card. I just found that interesting. It's like nobody's ever going to admit it. It's like it's always somebody saying, oh, it's a sleeper card. I mean, you could have a bunch of like randoms. I mean, it is, you know. Anytime you'll have a bunch of randoms at times and somebody's going to say, this is a stacked card. It's such a sleeper. And so I was reading, you know, and there it is today again. Um, it's, you know, it's not that there's nobody on the card. I, I do know a few names, um, but I think this was one of the cards where there was supposed to be a bigger fight that got canceled or pushed back. Um, it's been happening, uh, happening a couple times lately, but it's a decent card. There's, you know, obviously Cowboys on it. I know Cowboy from when I started following UFC last summer when he lost to McGregor. Um, but I know he's a respected fighter. He's taken taken on somebody. Um, but yeah, that's that's happening in a little bit tonight. The main event will start. Uh, right now the prelims are going on. But um, yeah, as for the Knicks, again, there's not much to really dissect. I'm going to try to breeze through it as much as I can. 
it, they've hit a rough stretch. We all knew they were going to hit a rough stretch, right? This is a team who entered the Denver game a few nights ago, 12-1 and in their last 13. And Denver, Denver was the first elite team we were facing on this West Coast trip. Suns being the next and we dropped both of those games. And listen, I'm not going to sit here because Knicks fans can be very reactionary. Um, especially the older ones who are, you know, starving for years. And I get it. But, like, let, let's let's calm our nerves a bit. Let's try not to be like I can be with the Yankees and being prisoners of the moment. Because this Knicks team... And that's another thing, by the way. People get on me, maybe, for being tough on the Yankees and not the Knicks as much. It's called expectations. Welcome to the world of expectation. When you're not expected to be relevant and you end up not only being relevant, but a playoff contender, I'm not going to get on you because you're overachieving. When you have these title expectations and you're underachieving and you're barely 500 almost midway through May, yes, I'm going to get on you. You bet. So that's why I'm uh, that's why I'm a little easier on the Knicks. But as I was saying... Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and overreact to a couple of losses that we knew. We all knew this was coming. We all knew this West Coast was going to be tough. You know, and we said, it's still not over yet. We've got two more games on this trip before we head home for three to, to wrap up the regular season. We said, we all knew it. We said it from for weeks when we saw this schedule. That this is going to be a tough West Coast trip. That the That four-game stretch on that West Coast trip was not going to be easy. And here we are. It's not easy. We're talking about a couple losses. And we can still win one of these next two games and leave this road trip with a split record of 3-3. Three and three. So, you know, I'm not... It, the world's not over, guys. We're still, we're still in a decent position here to avoid the plan. The magic number is 3 with about 5 games remaining. So we have a chance if we can win 3 of those games... We're in, but I just, I just find it incredible how many, how, and we've talked about this before, how drastic shit can change. Like the vibes and the, and the energy around this fan base, just on a game to game basis. Like we just won 12 of our last 13. We were coming off a nine game win streak, bounced back from that beautifully once we lost to the Suns the first time. And now we're sitting here, just because we lost a couple in a row for the first time since Jesus has risen, we're talking about the Knicks being bums again? Like, come on, man. We're in a good spot. This team was not supposed to be where they are. Here we are fighting for a fourth seat. We still got the number four. That's the thing. You know? The Celtics lost. The um, They lost to Chicago. The um, Who else lost? I don't know, there's another team who lost. The Pacers beat somebody. Um, but we still have the fourth seed. So we didn't lose any ground with these couple of losses. We're still right there. Um, again, we have to win. We have to pick it up a bit if we do want to get this top six and avoid that play-in tournament. But I am not upset with where we are. I'm not pissed off with where we are. I am very satisfied with the Knicks season so far. They've been playing hell a hell of a season, and you have to credit their coach, Tom Thibodeau, for pushing them this hard and turning them around. All right, so we're going to head to break, and when we get back from break, we may as well get started. Again, I don't want to start, you know, 
blabbering on about nothing and, and going on and on. So I want to try to make this as quick as I can. So let's head to our first break, guys. And when we get back, we'll get things started. All right. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So, I mean, like, yeah, this Denver game, let's try to breeze through this one because this was just from start to finish. It was, uh, it was ugly. Um, but yeah, if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, be sure to do that. You can also subscribe to me on the blog. And if you want to follow me on social media, do that right now. Um, it's all on my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That will take you to that page that displays all my information where to reach me and all that. So do that. But this game, uh, yeah, this game against the Nuggets wasn't really fun. <laughs> we took the 113-97 loss. Um, the score was actually closer than it looked. To be honest with you, it was very pathetic to watch. Um, the Knicks were getting blown out from that first quarter on. They let Nikola Jokic roam free for 24 points of his 32 points in that first quarter. Um, he ended up grabbing 12 rebounds. Six of them came in the first quarter. Uh, one of his six assists, I think it was six, came in the first quarter. He was on fire. Um, you know, he was crashing the glass. Um, took advantage of any mismatch and, and used that. Any minimal contact that we made with Jokic resulted in a whistle being blown. Very frustrating performance. Um, and it started like that. It started with the bad omen of the Knicks picking up a, a barrage of fouls. You know, RJ, the two personals. Nerlens Noel had a personal. Uh, Tom Thibodeau picked up a tech. Um, was this the game where he challenged it and it was not overturned early? I mean, that just a rough start. And from there, you know, we kind of never got it going. Uh, the bench had their moments, but again, Jokic was just. Just too much of a mismatch. Whoever Tibbs threw on him, they ended up getting torched. Uh, Taj Gibson, Nerlens Noel. You know, Taj is, is a bit old. It's, it's hard to keep up with someone like Jokic who plays physical. He's got about 65 pounds, is what Breen said on Noel. Um, meanwhile, you know, Julius, you know, after winning the Eastern Conference Player of the Month, gets, you know, maybe that fueled... Jokic, after hearing all this MVP talk, and he took advantage of, of Julius whenever he was matched up with him. Um, R.J. Barrett had a tough matchup in Aaron Gordon. He's a bigger wing, too. Um, couldn't really get it going early, R.J. The creativity wasn't there, um, and there wasn't really a second-half R.J. this this time. A couple you know, three-pointers in the third quarter, but Randall, too. Uh, he usually likes getting off to his hot starts. We know that, but... <laughs> I mean, he did not. He didn't score until like a minute or so right before halftime. It was ugly. Paul Millsap, 
posting up guys like Alfred Payton. Just this is a bad matchup. Um, Payton was getting torched by fucking Italian kid Composo. Pretty much everyone, everyone Payton had to be tasked with, he was torched by. Um, but there was just that one abominable sin of a play in the third quarter. And it's funny because I pretty much called it um, on Twitter where, where Alfred Payton gives way too much space for Harrison for a corner three. Dropping off about five feet. Breen called him out. On the very next possession, Payton takes it up the court. Very lazily has his cookies stolen. Leads to a to a run out. And Jokic gets it. Payton slowly runs back and, and lazily fouls Jokic. Puts him on the line. I mean, it was just a sequence of dog shit performance from Alfred Payton there. It was it was who he is, and when he's at his worst, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get somebody who is just difficult, a chore to sit through. Um, he was appalling. The other Nick guards were pretty decent. Um, nothing great though. You know, Emmanuel quickly had 18, but mostly in garbage time. Uh, he scored well. The playmaking wasn't as great. He missed some cutters. Um, he spent most of his night shooting threes and actually had a couple layups layup attempts. So that was cool. But he was torched. 25 points for Austin Rivers. Of course, Austin Rivers scores the highest point total he's had since he was a Nick. Um, you know, doing most of that on IQ. Rose had 14 points. Rose was good. I, I was, you know, I was impressed with him. He was 6 for 10 from the floor. He, um, 14 points. All those came in the first half. He had three assists. He had that one beautiful assist after being trapped at the top of the key. Where he found a cutting Nerlens Noel from the short corner. That was nice to watch. But other than that, you know, Rose, IQ, RJ hitting a few threes in the third quarter. Everybody else was pretty bleh. You know, even RJ Barrett didn't have a good overall game. He 4 for 13 from the field, 14 points. Playing conservatively because the whistles were being blown. So he couldn't do a ton. And um, I need my haircut. Um, he was off. Randall was off. You know, the Knicks needed Randall's gravity as a scorer, but they couldn't get it. Only got 14 points from him. Spending a lot of time arguing with officials. Um, he was missing his jump shot. 0 for 5 from three-point land. His rim reads were pretty poor as, you know, he had some crucial turnovers forcing some drives. Um, five turnovers overall versus the five assists. He was not good. Um. Our bigs weren't that good. They were pretty underwhelming. Taj Gibson pretty limited in what he could do because he had five fouls in just 11 minutes. So his impact wasn't really able to show. Um, Nerlens Noel was handcuffed. He was restricted too. All he could really do was put up a hand. Um, you know, a lot of times he had to help on Jokic, you know, because they couldn't get it done. So he was helping on Jokic. And that was his, you know, main matchup too. So. Focusing so much of his of his defense on him on Jokic, kind of led Nerlens to to miss on a few rotations um, early on. But he had a nice moment or two in the third quarter. Picked up a few of his six blocks on the night. Helped the Knicks get out in transition. But overall, uh, it was an ugly game. You know, once Tom Thibodeau got that tech in the first quarter, that was kind of where it started to get out of hand and. 
the Knicks, instead of using that technical foul as, you know, momentum and motivation to, to kind of fuel them, they kind of used it to just hang their heads and lay down and die from there. Um, so I think the only takeaway you can take from this, the only positive takeaway is that we gave our starters some rest in the fourth quarter there while, you know, other guys, rookies and, and young players got their opportunity. So that was the sun, the, the nuggets game. <laughs> Not fun. Not very fun. Um, I guess we'll just go right into game two. Uh, first, let's get to the break. As soon as we get back from break, we'll get the plug in. And when we get back, we'll get to the, uh, the Suns game. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. Just give me one second. I'm trying to see something. The Canelo fight is tonight. Completely forgot about that. My friend, buddy, wants me to watch it. Supposed to go to my other friends. Um, my buddy wants to watch some of the MMAs tonight. But the Canelo fight, I completely forgot that was tonight. Alright, fucking shit. Alright, that's good. We got the Canelo we got the uh, Canelo fight to look forward to. Um Hopefully that can, like, get boxing back in good spirits and we don't have to watch these fake fucking fights all the time. <laughs> Nick's sons. Um, let's get to that one. Oh, I'm switching my... See, as it, as it, if you're watching this, you can see the, the lag and how choppy this is. I'm switching software soon, so maybe sometime... I don't know. Maybe... I don't know if it's going to be next episode, but pretty soon... Um, I'm going to switch from XSplit to OBS Studio and use that video recording software because it's much more smoother over there. And as soon as I learn, you know, the ropes over there and know how to navigate through it and everything, because I've, got, I've gotten so used to XSplit, as soon as I figure all that out, I'm going to be going on from there from now on. Um, it may look a little different. I don't know. Uh, but I have to figure everything out. And as soon as we figure out how to use that and get used to it, we'll probably start recording the podcasts on there. That's for, again, that's for the people who watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you this because it makes no difference. <laughs> it might just be the only difference you'll notice if you watch the podcast is the camera might be a little bit more zoomed in because for some reason I've been trying to figure out how to make the camera expand so it captures the entire backdrop. 
it's a little more zoomed in and I'm not trying to figure out how to work with that. So as soon as I get set up over there on OB, uh, on OBS studio, we will hop over there, but, um, whatever. If you're watching the podcast, you know what I'm talking about, but again, it doesn't really affect you. If you're listening to the podcast, you don't even need to know you're just listening. You're not watching. So, um, <laughs> the game against the Suns. Yeah. Um, uh, this was ugly. This, you know, it was much better than the Denver game. We gave them a fight. You know, we had, it was a tough loss, you know, 105 for the Knicks and the Suns scored 128, but the score this time didn't dictate the game in terms of it was better than it looked. Um, but it was a difficult loss, especially to have their Suns, you know, we have the, we had the Suns on their heels both times we played them early on and we couldn't figure out a way to, to fight through it the rest of the way. Um, you know, to beat teams like this, the the Suns, the Nuggets even, or even the Lakers and the Clippers who are coming up, you've got to play a very flawless game. You've got to be perfect. You've got to be immaculate. And the Knicks were far from that. You know, they started this game out down 12-3. to Nuggets ended up taking a 13-point lead soon enough. Alfred Payton then checks out. Derek Rose checks in. The Knicks miraculously go on a 12-0 run, led by you know Rose, Bullock, and Randall. A 16-2 run later on. They take a lead. You know, Rose scores six points in the first. He has three assists after one. Randall with 13 and seven rebounds. Um, the Knicks go up 33 to 30 after the first quarter. Um, it's I'm laughing because it's like fucking clockwork, right? With this Peyton Rose shit. Um, second quarter. EP goes to the bench about midway through. Rose comes in. Get into the lane again with, you know, his dribble penetration skills. RJ starts scoring. Obi was playing well in scoring. Taj had about six points in the quarter. Obi had that one excellent sequence where he was switched onto Paul, blocked his three, and then threw one down the open court to follow. Beautiful possession. Great possession you love to see. Um... Knicks shoot 65% in the second quarter, and at the half, they were up 63-56. to 56. So they did a nice job defensively, nice job offensively, but yeah, I loved that they were able to contain both Booker and Paul this time around, holding them to a combined 13 points. Um, you know, the Suns couldn't hit a jump shot to save their lives. They were missing their threes. Booker and Paul weren't exactly cooking in the mid-range. So it was a good first half. Um, then the amazing third quarter came. Well, the first... It started out good, but then it just got bad. The Knicks, you know, defensively, they let, the, they let their foot off the gas pedals and started getting killed down the middle. You know, and I hate to bring him up again, but oh my gosh, Peyton. Oh my gosh. I mean, on every single pick and roll, this guy wasn't even trying over screens. I mean, his lack of effort was forcing our bigs to hedge off of Aiton in order to cut off the drive on CP3. And that, you know, Peyton not even recovering, leaves DeAndre Aiton wide open down low, just continuously dunking the ball countless amounts of time in op times in open space just because Alfred Peyton is not navigating the screen correctly. And he's not even fighting over. He's not even bothering. He's not even recovering. Every single fucking time they ran a pick and roll, we were abused. Guys, they, they, those guys killed us on the pick and roll. I mean, 
Peyton, even Noel didn't have a good game defensively. He he was out muscled. He's very slender. So Peyton took advantage of that. And you know, Noel's great with the blocks and everything, but when he's not blocking shots, and I believe he had zero blocks in this one, when he's not blocking and protecting the rim, he isn't much of a factor, right? He's such a good shot blocker that he's going to be able to do it most nights. But on nights like last night against a much tougher team, you're going to see. And even against Denver, he didn't have a great game. He had six blocks, but if you watch the game, the eye test told you he wasn't spectacular. But against Phoenix here, you know, when he's not blocking shots, he wasn't great. He's not a great rebounder. We know that. We know about his offense. He's got bricks for hands, and he's not much of a scoring player. Um, he was getting abused in the PNR. I mean, games like that are why you miss Mitchell Robinson and why you can't stand the ignorant comments that say we don't need Mitchell Robinson <laughs> because his presence is as great as Noel's been. And I've been praising this guy the entire second half of the season. Mitchell Robinson is a different level. You know, his gravity is much heavier. And we see that. He's longer. He's younger. He's more athletic. He has an offensive game. Well, he doesn't have an offensive package, but he can score, right? We can see he's really excellent in pick and roll. That's how he gets his buckets. Noel's not much of an offensive player at all. And Mitchell Robinson is a shot-blocking extraordinaire. Either hand, keeps it in bounds, can block you on the perimeter, can play that drop coverage even better. We've seen him. I mean, it was a game where you, where you thought, oh man, I wish Mitch was I wish Mitch was was here. But yeah, we were just letting them do it all. We all, we tried. I mean, we were throwing doubles at them. We were switching, but it was to no avail. They just killed us with easy looks at the rim and open looks on the perimeter due to, you know, our scheme. We like to drop off. And uh, we were just giving them the three-point shot and they were taking it like they did last time. But man, the world <laughs> the world was coming to an end at the end of that third quarter. That was like I was like, I was ready to break down and just like throw my shit because that was, that was the most ugliest part of this game was the, the final seconds. It was the final minute. The Knicks were up seven points with about a minute left in the third. And somehow they left the third quarter down two. Rose hits that three point shot off the Randall assist, right? And from there, the meltdown began. It all started going downhill. I mean, Kaminsky hits the cutting layup. RJ misses that three. Payne pulls up and hits a three. Julius airballs that corner step back three. That leads to a run out where Booker goes coast to coast. Misses the layup. Craig tips it in over two Knicks. You had RJ and Rose standing right there. He fucking out hustles them, tips it in. Then you have RJ, lazy again, making a very, very lazy, poor, slow inbound pass that was intended for Bullock. But that gets intercepted by um, Payne. He tips it in with about .2 left. The buzzer ticks, and there the Suns are up two points entering the fourth quarter because of that disgusting sequence with about a minute left. And from there, I didn't even want to watch the fourth quarter. I wish I could have just turned it off, but I have this thing in me where I, you know, if I'm free, I'm watching the rest of the fucking game just because I'm a Knicks fan and I'm a diehard. So I forced myself to to be tortured and watch the rest of this misery. Um, and the Knicks played the rest of the game with their heads down in shame. You could tell they just didn't have it. They 
didn't want to be there, it looked like. Um, they lost the period 38-17. to They allowed the Suns to shoot 8 for 12 from 3 in just the fourth quarter alone. Down 11 points midway, you know, Taj gets the flagrant one. He throws an unwarranted elbow at CP3. God, I love Taj Gibson for no reason. And then, you know, Chris Paul goes and starts yelling. He walks over to Tibbs and he starts getting into it with Tibbs. He yells at Tibbs for no reason. Um, but, I mean, it just it ended up fueling Chris Paul because, of course, it does. He's Chris Paul. He hits a couple of mid-range jumpers from there. And the Suns get Julius then get into it with Jay Crowder who killed us from three. I had no idea Jay Crowder was like a sniper. Um, so Julius gets the tech and it was pretty much over from there. I mean, the Knicks just lost their composure. They didn't have it. It was a meltdown and it was rough. It was a frustrating game. Guys were annoyed. Guys were pissed off, but they didn't take it out on the court, but instead jawing at other players and jawing at the refs and yeah. Poor game. Very poor game. Not one that you would say was good. That's for sure. Dave. Hold on one sec. Um, so I'm trying to see where I'm going to go for this Canelo fight. All right. Um, fucking yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Where are we? Um, yeah, I mean R.J. Barrett. Let's talk about him. Uh, shit, I lost my track here. Oh yeah, R.J. Rough night for him. Um, scored twenty three points, but. Just 8 for 22 from the field. Um, you know, against tougher defenses, he struggles with the efficiency. You know, he kind of relegates himself in these, especially lately, he's been relegating himself last couple games to this corner spot-up wing, and he's not looking to attack the rack like he should. Um, I, I think he needs to start doing that more. He needs to get back to going to the hole and, you know, taking more smarter shots and not those wild inefficient reckless shots at the rim um took 11 threes he hit five of the 11 45 but only two free throw attempts you know the rj barrett we know doesn't just spot up in the corner and shoot threes he can get to the rim and i'm sure a lot of that has to do with jesus christ the lack of respect he's getting from officiating you know you've got guys like Jokic who getting these ticky tacky whistles Devin Booker, who's getting these bitch boy calls. Um, and RJ Barrett has to get whacked. So I'm sure a lot of that changes his POA and the way he attacks defenses. Um, but I'm not going to solely put that on refs. I still think he needs to take some smarter shots. I would like for him to optimize the pick and roll a little more. He's very good going downhill. We know that. Um, he's great in PNR with Taj. I like his chemistry a lot with Gibson. But I just thought, again, a little too much shooting lately from RJ. Um, now, he's 40% from three on the year, which it's still incredible to think about that. But 
it's the two-point percentage, which is why his field goal percentage is under 45% overall still. It's because he's still getting blocked at the rim. He's still taking some tough shots. And again, the officials don't help him out, but I still think there are times where he needs to be a little bit smarter with his shot selection. Randall wasn't one of his greater games either. Again, tougher teams. He struggled against the Joker. He struggles in this one. Um, 24-11-4, but certainly didn't play like an MVP candidate. Um, wasn't making great, uh, great reads again. And, dude, we got to stop complaining to refs. We've got to stop looking at the refs, and we've got to start looking at the players after you miss a shot. And don't just throw your hands up and look for the next official, official you see. That's going to lead to those transition baskets. Um, I do wish Obi Toppin and Randall had more time at the 4-5 together. Some small ball would have been cool. Not the time to experiment. I get it. We're trying to contend at this point. A couple of games left in the year. But with Noel struggling as much as he did, Obi Toppin been playing really good this second half of the year. Eight points, three for four in 15 minutes. Had some strong defensive stretches in this one. Would have been nice to see him get 20 minutes. But, you know, I can't really get on Tom Thibodeau. Um, I thought he did fine with the rotations, given with what he had, right? Obviously, without Mitch, you're without IQ. You were without Alec Burks. So, you know, in terms of the guard play, he was kind of forced to go Peyton Rose, Primarily, uh, Frank did get 15 minutes, but it's hard to play Frank more than that when he's, we literally can't score you points. He doesn't score points. He hasn't scored points. He's going through one of these stretches again where he's zero points in his his last so-and-so games. So Peyton, yes, he was atrocious again, but it was just 18 minutes. And I'm fine with that given that we had two guards sitting on the bench last night with the ankle and the knee issues. Plus, you know, Rose was good, but he did struggle a bit in the second half. Uh, Monty Williams adjusted on him, and he realized he was killing them in penetration, so he threw bridges on him to cut off his drive, and, you know, they were trapping Rose on every single pick and roll. So, overall, they did a nice job icing him out by taking the ball out of his hands, and they forced the Knicks into other matters. And, you know, you had seven guys for the Suns in double figures. They ended up scoring over 70 points in the second half. I think it was 76? Ayton. 26 and 15 on the night. Chris Paul, 17 and 11. Booker did struggle, but he still scored plus of 15. Um, Peyton had 15 points. Uh, Payne had 15 points. Crowder had 18 points. Again, he was hitting the threes all night. It was rough to watch. And again, the Suns game, the Nuggets game, I don't want to get too deep into it because there's not a ton to, to analyze. Um, I, I just think these are two games you got to move past from and. See what's up with these next two games in L.A. Because they might not be much easier. But you you leave this West Coast trip. Hopefully you can salvage it by getting one more win. And then you head home feeling a lot better about yourself. So we'll we'll see what happens, guys. That's going to be it. Let's head to our final break. And once we get back from the plug, we will get into the NYYMYK question of the day. And that'll be it. Uh, that'll be it from there. All right. Be right back.
Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. Well, tough one, tough one, tough couple um, in the middle set here of this West Coast trip, but we will move on. So let's get to the question of the day. This is so slow, dude. I can't wait to switch to OBS Studios. Fuck XSplit, man. going to take a few seconds if you're watching for the screen to show up so last time out and here I am fucking choppy of course this is so pathetic dude see now I'm ruining the game show music this is so fucked Whatever, man. All right. Um, yeah, I'm way too OCD to just sit and accept that this is choppy. So I'm going to figure this out first. I hope we're good. We'll see. All right, here we go. So let's try this again. Um, last time out, I asked you guys in episode 242. This is 243. But in 242, covering the Yankees, I asked you guys, which Yankee catcher hit the final home run at Yankee Stadium before the 1974-75 renovation? And the answer to that question, which Yankee catcher hit the final home run at Yankee Stadium before the 1974-75 renovation? The answer, Duke Sims. Duke Sims was the Yankee. He you know, had a cup of coffee with the Yankees. Didn't play for them for long. I think he went to Cleveland after that. But yeah, Duke Sims was the catcher who hit the final homer in the stadium before the renovation in 74-75. Now tonight's NYYMYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. For episode 243, I'm asking you, Nerlens Noel currently wears number three for the Knicks. Who was the last Nick to wear that number? Um, if you want a hint, it was last year, 2020. All right. So once again, one last time, Nerlens Noel currently wears number three for the Knicks. Who was the last Nick to wear the number three? And again, the hint, it was last year in 2020. Um, I don't believe the player finished. Another hint, I guess. I don't believe he finished his season with the Knicks either. Don't hold me on that because I don't remember. But that is the answer. Uh, that is the question to episode 243's NYY NYK question of the day. All right. The last Nick to wear number three before Noel. All right, guys, that's it. 
Um, we actually kept it short. Look at that. We're about 40 plus minutes in. That's it. That's as far as we're going to go. For once, I lived up to my word and we cut it 20 minutes shorter than usual. So 20 minutes shorter than usual. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 243 of the podcast, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you haven't yet downloaded this podcast, be sure to do that. If you haven't shared the podcast with your family and friends, be sure to do that. Show them how much of a an idiot I am, or maybe maybe you think I'm a genius. Um, and if you do think I'm a genius, leave me a thumbs up on YouTube. Um, if you think I'm an idiot, comment on YouTube and tell me how much of a dumbass I am. If you like me so much, again, share me on social media and do all that fun stuff. Guys, thanks so much. Give us a five-star review if you want to on Apple Podcasts. Uh, listen to us on Spotify and all those podcast feeds. You know where to find us. BD4, no better way. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and I will see you next time. All right, guys, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.